haven't had a scab since I was like, I feel like six years old. And you wanna know the worst part about it is that I, um, I did it because I was doing like an ab workout and like you have to like plank for most of it. And I like did it on carpet. And so that's how I got this, this scab. So Has moral it... of the story is don't do abs. No working out. <laughs> yeah, working Perfect out. Perfect segue. Working out is dangerous. There we go. Oh, oh, I got, um, what's the <laughs> meme? Hold on. This is perfectly good for the pot. <laughs> I hope producer Matt leaves this in. What are you doing? What is that? Get my, head, get my headphones in. What is so that? So my mic, you know, the guy of the dad holding up the shirt of the, like, he has the shirt on and somebody gave him the new shirt. So here's my mic. It's a road mic. Okay. And then look at the brand new mic I got. It's the oh, same goddamn wow. mic. Wow. Very happy. So I love that. I love that meme of the dad holding up the shirts. That is me with my mics. You have a specific mic that you love and you're staying true to it. So there we yeah. go. We are, we are gearing up for the football season. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. I was going to say much like beers, but I feel like beers you need to rotate. Ooh. It's a season thing. I'm staying true to my word. After failing horribly the first week, I said I was going to do interesting beers. I gave you a sneak peek before we started talking. Like, yes. this beer is interesting. Okay. Um, speaking of just us doing things that are so on brand, we forgot last week to give the Pac-12 an alcohol. I know that's not where we were going to start before, but. Uh, hold on. By the way, time out. I just realized my mic is not. I've got the wrong fucking mic applied. I'm telling you. Wait, what do you mean you had the wrong mic applied? I can hear you. I know, but it's on my Mac and not my fucking. <laughs> can you just plug it in? Uh, it to... won't. It won't let me. We have to restart the recording. Cause it's gonna sound like shit. We're, we're keeping that intro, and then we'll just cut it here and and move to the the next. Fine. God damn it. <laughs> I, okay. I'm telling you, I this computer is cursed. Yeah. Behind the curtain. We're back from behind the curtain. And All right. We are. Testing, testing. One, two, three. If <laughs> if I look now, in this mic. No, it's set up now. It looks good. Okay. Everything looks good on your Everything end. looks great. You I would think I'm, we've never recorded no, a podcast but before. I'm, but. I am a little flustered. Like um, each week we, we take our temperature of like excitement and uh, nervousness for the season. I'd say mm -hmm. I'm now fluttering toward anxiousness of okay i get like i get like fomo before it like starts like i get like like i'm doing i'm not doing no but i'm we're writing a lot there's like content coming out like it's getting real but now i'm not hovering i'm very excited yeah but now i'm also kind of like oh my god like the season is like we're two weeks away from week zero like what how did that how did that happen i know where idea. did it go I have um, no idea where the off season went, but before we had technical difficulties, well, not we, I, I should say individuals yes. on this podcast, yes. not named Paige, had yes. technical difficulties, we did forget to give the Pac-12 an alcohol. So you, we said, you said, actually, we both agreed that the ACC was the White Claw. Okay. Yep. Pac-12, do you have an alcohol for them? Yes. Um... Pac-12 hasn't made a lot of playoffs lately. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go with a $7.99 uh, bottle of white wine. 
which for me, wow, other okay. than straight moonshine to my soul, I can't think of a way to give me a quicker hangover than a $7.99 bottle of white wine. Like Here's a, the thing. Like a barefoot. Like a barefoot. Sponsor the pot. Okay. I'll drink it. Like I said, we're very easy here. I'll, I'll, I'll drink that hangover if you pay oh, me man. to. Um, so here's why. Because, yes, USC is kind of exciting, but they're leaving the conference. Yeah. This is a this is bad. OK, and if you're in the Pac-12, you're you're essentially living a hangover of are you going to exist? What is it going to look like? I don't want to, like, beat the dead horse, which is why I feel bad. But I it has to be something like that produces negative results in the end, yeah. because this has been a lot of negative results. So for me, that is white wine. OK, so for me. It's just all wine. Wine was going to be mine anyway, because I feel like for Pac-12, Pac-12 After Dark, you get a little weird. I feel like wine is like an end of the night thing where you are like, oh, I've had hard alcohol all day. Maybe I'll just switch to wine. And then I like when I drink wine, I have the weirdest dreams. I do not sleep well. And I it's just I'm restless. And I feel like that is how you just feel being a Pac-12 fan in general. So I'm going with just wine. I, I would say a red wine. Like, end of the night red wine is what the Pac-12 is to me. Are you team red or team team white? Or do you, are like, diverse in your wine choosings? I'm diverse, but if I, like, have the choice, I'll go with red. Me too. Well, yeah. obviously, I just said, like, I, it takes a lot to get me hungover. You know, you've, I mean, I'm, I'm built to drink a lot of alcohol, <laughs> but white wine is, like, my kryptonite it really, really? is i if, if it was champagne you know. champagne too oh. champagne a couple glasses of champagne uh, and i go like it it is not good i don't I know love, what happens there i love champagne full disclosure but i get like a if i drink it during the day i get like a hangover before i'm even like ready for bed like yeah, i have to like keep drinking it it's not good or and fall asleep immediately or i'm going to be hungover before even if it's good champagne um, actually that's not true. If it's the cheap stuff, if it's cheap stuff, usually that's the case. If it's good, I can usually make it work. But yeah, I'm, I, during the summer I'll drink like whites and rosés and things like that. Cause I'm a big wine person, but I, I usually will stick to, to reds if like I had a choice. Um, on the topic of alcohol, we actually have a lot. So we're, we're previewing the big 12, which yes. I'm actually kind of excited about because I think it's a conference. I feel like I know maybe the least about, about in a weird way yeah um but alcohol mississippi state is doing something that i absolutely love i think it might be a terrible idea but they're essentially building a section in their stadium that will allow fans to bring uh their own fridges into games you can bring your own beers you can bring your own fridges you can bring lawn chairs you essentially are creating a tailgate, tailgate inside what are your thoughts on this I mean, I have two thoughts. I have the college football loving, day drinking loving page who very much supports this and thinks this is yep. excellent. Then there's also the page of like this, the responsible one, which does come up very often. Um, this could get ugly quickly. Watching like, me throw a, a, a fridge at an official is what you're yeah, getting at? Yeah. yeah, that or just like... The alcohol consumption leading to more fights than normal because there's no cutoff. Um, I it could be a little too much. I think we have enough issues with that kind of stuff at NFL games that I don't know that college football wants to bring that in, into the mix. So, 
thought about throwing a fridge onto a field and just the general, like that would be an amazing visual and a terrifying visual all at once, right? If yes. it's not real, there are no consequences. I'd love to see it, but there would be. So I imagine these are not going to be cheap. Um, that's the one thing that I'm sure it's going to be. I, I just think it's. But well, even the okay. people that can afford to buy those things. Can that's get actually a fair. Of, yeah, yeah, can yeah. get a little out yeah. of control. Who, who like in it. the Tennessee stadium last year was throwing. Right. That's. That, that's my point. When I was like, all I could think about was like That's Lane fair. Kiffin. And I was like, the safety of Lane Kiffin is my concern here. I just, I love, so, so the home experience is so goddamn good now, right? Like you have, I have three TVs in my basement and iPads and I have a fridge a few feet from me and I can watch and I, and it's really hard to get me out of my chair because I'm not necessarily tied to a specific team or geographically. Like the, the sport is becoming less geographically centric, even though everybody loves their team, they also love all the other teams. So getting me out of my house to watch a football game that I'm not working is harder these days. And this section would do it. It's kind of trying, at least they're trying something different. It's a cool marketing idea. How effective will it be? I don't know. But if you tell me, Hey buddy, you can bring your little mini fridge in and you could stack (laughs) that thing up with all the delicious beers you want. Like I at least like it conceptually. However, Yeah, there are some um, there's some fine print here, like in terms of accepting this that y- you'd love to know, because if you give me a fridge full of beer page at this football game and you give me three plus hours to drink it, I'm going to drink that fridge full of beer. Like I kind of think we need like a Kramer live stream and mm. get you somehow get like a sponsored. Um, oh, the basement live beer. stream. Yeah. Oh, yes. You drinking that. Well, you know what's funny, though? Like, I, I think I've talked about this before. Um, like, people that – I cover college football, right? So I have friends, I have neighbors who've been like, want to see what your day is like. It is very unimpressive yeah. and pretty depressing. <laughs> it's me just – like, and then G-chatting you or so. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, it, hey, like we should cover this story. I remember, like, I, like it's not um, – now, when there's alcohol involved and you're watching and you're not working, and then it's fun. You're gambling, you're – all that stuff. Yes. But it's, it is hilarious. Um, yeah. Otherwise it might be depressing. Now you put me in one of these seats. I would love to do this. Okay. I would love to be to, a guinea pig uh, yes. to beta test this arrangement of fridges in football seats. It also sounds like a lot of work. Like yeah. you got to carry the fridge from your car. Like, yeah. you know, also, like does like, someone do the, do that for you? It, it's tough. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Um, to your point though, like our Saturdays, are not as glamorous as they no. may appear. Um, no. It's very much like sitting on the couch for 14 hours working, and like the drinking part doesn't happen until way, way, you gotta way, be way, done. way later. Yep, you gotta be done with your most, job. Most of the time. Um, yeah, right? Um, we can't confirm or deny yep. anything on this podcast. But um, to that point, though, college football is moving towards more of a um, at home viewing yes. sort of situation. And I am thoroughly impressed with how the Big Ten has decided to capitalize on that. Yep. We briefly talked about this, and I said I thought the comments of the commissioner were so interesting when he said it's not going to be your usual media deal. And my immediate thought process was, okay, if they're getting – if they expect to get this, this much money, they're not getting it from one source. And sure enough – we now know that they are working to close a deal. It might be closed by the time this comes out with NBC, Fox, and why am I blanking on the other one? CBS. CBS, thank you. Yep. Who lost their SEC rights. Um, 
And I just thought that was so incredibly smart. It's basically the Big Ten saying, we're not going to compete with the SEC in getting one person to pay for our rights. We can compete with the price tag if we split it up and have a few resources. And it's incredibly smart. Um, And I think it also is going to be really helpful for the SEC because it's going to drive the SEC price up for ESPN. So not to say that they can't afford it because they'll pay for it, but the price tag on the SEC is going to be, the bill is going to be a lot higher for ESPN than it is for these other um, big news networks and things like that. And now they're going to have access to special games and things like that, adding USC and UCLA in. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a lot of um, good that comes from like splitting the pie with a few different sources. I know the NBC thing also leads people to believe that, you know, that means that Notre Dame is going to come over. There's a lot of implications here, but I thought in terms of business and strategy, that was really impressive by the Big Ten. I was I was thoroughly impressed with how that all sort of went down. Yeah, a couple things. So, you know, the Big Ten, even when it was like an easy target under Jim Delaney, has always been very financially, like, ahead of itself. And mm-hmm. it really has done a great job. So um, the first thing that stands out is they're saying that the three contracts are going to be, like, a billion dollars annually, which is crazy. I think the SEC was $700 million ish Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's really uh, the part that's there's two elements to this that are really interesting. First, not being on ESPN. It's a little weird. ESPN owns the playoff, right? So ESPN's, ESPN, ESPN owns college football for all intents and purposes. And, and, and make no mistake about it. This feels like a direct response to all of the stuff that has come on that the yeah. Big Ten's trying to really shake this thing up, which is cool. Um, but I think there's some risk for the Big Ten not being on ESPN, too. Game day is not going to be more likely to go to college campuses. Let's be honest. I know a lot of game day guys who we, we've I've talked to them. Like they say, ah, it's not necessarily true. No, but if you're programming this, um, you're going to go to games that are on your network. So yep. I do think there's some risk in being away from ESPN only because ESPN has a just a stranglehold on this. That being said, I love conceptually the idea of like morning, afternoon, morning Fox, afternoon CBS. NBC at night. Yep. It's sort of the NFLization of yep. college football, which is normally you'd say, ew, don't do that. This is cool. You have a script. You're following yes. along as a Big Ten fan all day of where you need to tune into the biggest game. So, look, I'm going to watch it whatever it's on. Like, I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they're doing is smart, and it's going to allow these teams to spend more money on their players, on their everything else. Like, yeah, the Big Ten has done a really good job Mm-hmm. of this and the risk of losing ESPN. I don't know. I don't know how much of a risk that is. If you win games, you're still going to be in the playoff. That part doesn't change, but it is notable not being ABC, not having any of those ties. I think it's just, it's such a change from our viewing experience too, right? Like it's yeah. just a, something we're going to CBS, ESPN or CBS and big 10 just sounds freaking weird. I saw the yeah. SEC theme with Big Ten highlights on Twitter. Yeah. I was like, what in the hell is this? So it's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, but I think to your point, like when you think about watching the NFL and you know what channel each thing is on, you know the theme song, yep. you know the people that have been there and things like that. I think ESPN has really run the show for a while. And I mean, to be honest with you, like I tune into Big Noon Kickoff a lot more than I do game day. I really enjoy that panel that they have over there. 
Um, and so I'm excited to sort of see what game day-esque programming we sure. get with this kind of stuff. For and sure. the variety is going to be there. And I think that's partially why it's such a positive thing is because you are going to get different types of consuming this product in the sense that like there are people that just want the, the straightforward use of this stuff and you know you get the color commentators and it's the same people and you really like that old school version there's a new school version that loves the the twitter conversation and includes that in there's um there's the betting conversation that you have to bring into this um it's kind of like if you look at what espn has even done with their own product of like monday night football and having Absolutely. a manning cast it's it's exciting because i think we were so nervous about like oh, now that the sport's changed and now that there's going to be super conferences, there was just this discussion of like, is it's becoming the NFL and it's not going to be as true to what it is. I think there's still going to be um, that pageantry with college football. Oh, for um, sure. On a media level that we don't get for NFL, but it's going to be really exciting um, in the college football landscape. And so I was kind of excited for that. Also, as like a Pac-12 person, it's kind of exciting because I think – that helps us maybe yeah, get the ESP, yeah. part of the ESPN pie now because uh, they need they're going to need places for that and uh, your West Coast it's like by West default Coast, by default yeah they... yeah yes 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 well Woo, we did I it will, I I will say like the Pac-12 is like we talked about time slots like the late night games as sports betting becomes more widespread uh as football degeneracy rings true like the late night games are very appealing there's some really good still late night games so i'm yes. i'm with you there um this is not good news at all um sam hartman out for quote unquote an extended period of time because of a non-football yes. related issue Wait, um, first quarterback yeah, so so it's interesting because we just talked about the ACC and, um, and Dave. Yeah, go ahead. I was on. I'm so sad because I was fully I sold on Wake Forest, and he was a big part of that. I and now um, I'm crushed. Well, and so it's it, the details are limited, obviously for privacy concerns, but it does sound serious. Yes, uh, Clawson said he went underwent a medical procedure Tuesday night after seeking attention during a workout. Which again, details sound really kind of scary. Um, yeah. So first and foremost, I hope he's okay. Um, yes, absolutely. And it sounds like they, he could potentially be back later in the year, um, but this sucks uh, because first and foremost, this is the time of year where injuries, and this is obviously something a little bit different than somebody taking a wrong step and blowing out their knee. This sounds yeah. just a, a, a different level of that. So one part of this year, Paige, I really hate is uh, you get it every day with NFL camps too, where guys just, uh, Mekhi Becton to Jets, you know, break dislocates his kneecap and then boom, knee injury, probably gone for the year. So, um, and the other part, like Wake is, was such a great story. We talked about it on yes. the ACC. This kid is really good, really fun, makes that offense go. So it's obviously a huge loss for them, but I'm mostly bummed for him because it sounds like this is um, a bigger deal. And, I just hope we see him back on the field because, again, they've been a wonderful story. He was superb last year. I I just hate it. I hate every part of this because it's it. Wake has been really one of those teams of like, can they run it back? You you were yeah. the opinion they can. I, I it's hard to disagree with that if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I, 
echo everything that you said. I really hope that he's okay and this isn't something that, you know, we don't see him play again. I really hope that he is is back and and we do get that. And I it's it is always weird because we joke a lot on this podcast, but some of the stuff that comes up in this sport can be really heart wrenching. For um, sure. So sending the best to him, of course. We will we will pick up spirits and we wish Sam well and hopefully a healthy return by questioning who <clears throat> in their right mind voted Texas number one in the coaches poll. Now the coaches poll has forever been one of my favorite things because the, most of the coaches do not so give on one shit they don't do about it. this. Okay. This is a peek yes. behind the curtain. Coaches don't do their own coaches poll. No. There's an assistant that does their coaches poll. Just, All right. Just so you guys know. So I'm going to rattle off the top 10 because what, what the hell? Uh, Alabama, Ohio state, Alabama, 54 first place votes. Ohio State five, Georgia six, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, A and M, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor. I don't have a huge issue with that. And then you have Texas at number eighteen with a first place vote. So, um, who did it? Who give me your best? I, I have a cons- I have a conspiracy theory. Um, it's got to be Saban, right? Just saying, I'm going to beat the number one team in the country week no. two, just for shits, like. Just come on, just have some fun. No, because it's, I mean, I, this is a can't confirm or deny, but I doubt he does it himself. And the assistant who does that is not, is certainly not going to have that come back on him when they find out who did do that. I would guess. That's fair. I mean, maybe I, like, maybe Baylor. Is it? I feel like this. I feel like whoever did this is trolling. Like, I feel is like this? They, it has to be in their conference. I don't think it'd be somebody out of their conference. Like, like it's like NC State. Like Dave Doran's like, you know what, Texas. Like, you that's... know, it could be. It would be like Mike Leach. It actually, why are we not thinking this? It's definitely Lane Kiffin because he's going to say that that win against Texas for Alabama is a quality win. That, <laughs> that is, that wow. is actually, it is Lane Kiffin is your odds on plus one forty five favorite to be the, I, we, I want to do it. like a deep I, I, dive into this. Like who is the, who did this? Who, who did like it? pointing at it? Like who, who present them to me? Uh, <laughs> And, and it's perfect because we are talking the Big 12 today. And I am <clears throat> I am struggling with Texas and level of backness, but I am not there. I'm not quite there. But I, so so you think this? Do you think this was sincere? Or do you think it was trolling? Because I, I think there's this has I to think be it's trolling. Semi troll, semi troll, and I think it was Lane. I for sure think it was Lane. Now I convince myself. I mean, I hope it was Lane. We should ask him. Um, we should. We should definitely yes. ask. Um, also funny when I was putting together the like sheet today, I was thinking about the big 12 and like storylines and full disclosure, I forgot that Texas and Oklahoma are still in the big 12 because I'm just so used to like now associating them with the SEC that like, it's just not even a thing for me. I was like, oh yeah, they are still in that conference, right? Um, yes. I've had to catch myself a little bit too. It's going to get really weird over the next few years of who is in that conference and who is not. It's going to be very strange to Uh, associate lots of programs with things but um a football program i did not think that we would be discussing (laughs) on the podcast is duke football but there is a video of a i want to say not thor but maybe thor-esque 
lineman. Oh, yeah. He's 6'7", 330 pounds. And like, his name is Chance Little, I think. Lido Little? I don't yes. know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, yes. But we never do on this pod. We it's never fine. do. Sorry. Um, and he sings opera and was, like, singing opera for his teammates. And this video, if you have not seen it, it's just beautiful. It's I have. Just a, it's a beautiful, blonde-haired, Thor-esque man singing opera. And it's just chef's kiss. Almost, I mean, uh, I will say I was highly impressed with Aiden Hutchinson's Billie Jean. Yep. Um, that was very, on Hard Knocks. That was very impressive. But I have to give it to the opera singer because opera is m- much harder oh, than anything else. If, I if you can sing opera, like, you are in a different stratosphere of talent. Um, no, this is amazing. First off, if you're six foot five and over 300 pounds, you're categorically, you are liked by this podcast. Like, we have a, or at least me. <laughs> Uh, we, when we large men do amazing things, large men, we do. scoring large touchdowns, men singing opera, it does not matter. Uh, we, we want, we love you and we appreciate you. It's actually pretty <laughs> unbelievable though, to watch this. Like, you know, when someone <laughs> sings and you expect it to sound different, like the words or just the tone and the pitch are not what you expect. Like there's a lot of that going on here. So I was Again, did not expect to talk Duke football on the Big 12 right. preview, um, but I was very, very impressed. This is why college football is great, by the way. Um, yes. For reasons like this. Camp um, season. We love the content. Oh, I love camp season. So, Big 12, lots yes. of content. Um, I had to refresh myself a little bit on how this season ended. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 Conference Championship game was one of the best football games of the year. Honestly, yes. just phenomenal football game. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State was uh, this, you know. I know it's an audio podcast for many. I'm holding my hands up. It's like about a yard. Like, I mean, exceptional football game. One of the best football games of the year. Yeah, Dave Aranda doing his weird, you know, ninja assassin. No smiling, no celebrating thing. So much going on there. Yes. Um, but the but the Big 12 was exciting last year. I mean, it, it yeah. was. So where you got teams moving out, you got teams moving in, you got all sorts of stuff going on. Where are you when it comes to the big 12? It's kind of like chaos. Like it's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's very chaotic energy. Like you said, there's guys leaving, there's guys coming in. It's just, it's almost like this is going to be a weird year because you're in the, the midst of all that. Um, and like, you know, it's coming, it's all set in stone, but yet there's still some weirdness about who else could possibly join the conference and all of those things. It's just very odd. Um, it feels chaotic, which I feel like is going to be a testament to how the season goes for the big 12. I feel like there, there are obviously clear favorites, but I feel like it's going to be a little chaotic, especially with Oklahoma. I feel like there's something there there it's either going to be really good or really bad there's going to be no happy medium and it's already off to like a very strange yeah. start we do have to discuss i know we talked we have to discuss weird not so fun things on this podcast yep um one of the longtime coaches at oklahoma resigned uh, who happened to right. have the last name gundy yes um, yes uh this is strange and this is this is certainly um at the bare minimum, a distraction at the max. Yes. You have conflicting statements from uh, Brent Venables Bulls, and yes. his and 
the, his daughter. You, I mean, this is, yes. I think there's more to this. Um, Nobody is saying what was actually said, but you can read between the lines what was said, and it was yeah. said on a, on multiple occasions. So it's just bad. Like I mean, there's no other way to look at this other than, yikes! It's the, not off to a great start. What we do know of the incident is that there was a racial slur used multiple times in a video session. I think yes is the discussion, and it was just made. Players feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it was brought to the attention of the staff afterwards. And no one's really sure exactly how it all went down because not everyone was in the room. But there needs to be accountability for, you know, saying certain things. For sure. And if a player feels uncomfortable or players feel uncomfortable, this is the situation. It sounds like it was pretty um, quickly handled and there was like a discussion. Okay, like he's going to resign. Um, and that was sort of how this all got out. It wasn't like, hey, this happened. We're figuring it out internally. It was like, we already discussed it internally. He's resigning. But then it, there was the details of what exactly happened and how this all went down are very murky. And like you said, like, I think the coach that resigned, his daughter had tweeted something and then deleted it. It's a very weird it's situation. But like you said, it's a distraction. This kind of stuff we saw last year with like, I think it was last year. With Florida State, no, it was last year. Yeah, it was. Where, like, you have a new guy coming in, you know, everything is, you know, you're trying to get a culture established, you're trying to kind of set boundaries, rules, guidelines, and this kind of stuff makes that difficult because the big thing is trust with these, especially with young men. You know, you need them to trust you and really know that you have their back, and when you're trying to establish that and you have stuff like this happen – it can sometimes be a little difficult to, um, you know, focus on the the stuff that you really need to be focused on because this well, takes no, this definitely takes the the precedent over that for sure. For, um, for for a guy that's been with the program a really long time, kind of one yes. of the fixtures of the program too. Yes. Um, I I do think, in terms of just kind of turning it forward to football stuff. Yeah. Um, I this is going to look very different in some ways. This team. And very um, similar in others. And what I mean by that, you know, Venables obviously defensively. I'm, yes. I'm really interested to see stylistically what kind of pace they operate with. And what I mean by that, Venables, of course, is, I mean, for years we've seen him on the sideline. He's got his own get back coach with the yellow yellow hat. And he's yeah. like, he's a lunatic. Some, some have said that the reason he didn't get a head coaching job is because he's just a madman, but he's been one of the de- best defensive minds in the sport. The part that's actually most interesting to me, though, Paige, is Jeff Lebby, their OC. I mean, Ole Miss, UCF, teams that move fast, yeah. teams that are disruptive. You know, obviously connection with Gabriel as well, um, I think is really interesting. But you, those teams don't normally have great defenses if they're going to move as fast as he has in the past. Yeah. Gabriel had some incredible moments when he was in this chaotic offense of, you know, like the, the hypo experience of just go, 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 go. So I'm, I'm very curious to see just the balance of that with Oklahoma. Um, it's, a, it's one of the toughest teams I have figuring out right now, truthfully, yeah. because well, they should be, they should be really good. I like Gabriel a lot. Raw deal for him getting hurt last year, broke his collarbone on that freak tackle at the end of the game. Um, I see no reason why they shouldn't compete for that conference again, honestly. Yeah, it, and I think the discussion always in the, the Big 12 is 
if you have defense in that conference, you can be successful. I think we saw it first with TCU and then with later with Baylor. Like, if you can stop Big 12 offenses, then yeah. you're able to be pretty successful in that conference um, just because it's known for a certain style of play and all those things across the board, really. And to your point, like, this could this could really change this team and move them forward, you know, in a way that, like, okay, we already sort of expected from Lincoln Riley, but I don't know that the expectation is, at least not from Oklahoma fans, I'm sure it is, expectation is playoff and to win a playoff game. I don't think that that's the expectation for nationally everybody looking at Oklahoma. It's like, okay, can they transition into – keeping the pace a little bit where they were, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a playoff team. They've got some good players. They had a lot of transfers, but they still kept a lot of really good players, a lot of experience on offense. And I think really the question is going to be, what does Gabriel look like in this new team? Um, yeah. But again, I, I, I think back to the original point and we'll talk about the other teams. Um, I, this conference is really hard for me to handicap, just full disclosure. And let's, let's talk Texas, Back, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. That's my put in the doc. Um, I want to believe in Texas. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how I – it's kind of how – no, it is kind of how I feel about USC. Texas is doing a lot of really good things. Recruiting, developing, you name it. Of course, B. John Robinson uh, is as good as it gets at the position. We are a huge fan of – And Rich as hell. He's got like 28,000. Lamborghini. Yeah, Lamborghini. I mean, I'm so happy for that kid. What a great yes. kid. And I want him Shout out to, to do well. Yes, oh, for sure. So what do we do with Texas? <laughs> like, what do, we, what do we, how do we, you play so, Alabama early. You've got, I mean, you lost to goddamn Kansas last year. Yeah. Okay. So what do we do with that? Betting wise, um, it's going to be a lot like I mentioned with Oregon where they're going to play a really good team really early. They're going to lose it, and people are going to be like, oh, no, I'm not touching this. They're not back. They're not anything. I think they're going to be better than they were last year because I think it can't get any worse than losing to Kansas, right? So, so, I, so I they're, really think by the way, their win, well, their win total, to your point, is 8.5. 8.5 um, over plus 100 minus eight, uh, uh, under 8.5 minus 120. So – yeah, flipping basically flipping your season is what people are saying is the expectation. Yes. So I I think they'll be good. I think it'll be the start of the comeback, but I really hope that we I, – I don't expect them to win the Big 12, to be honest. I think they – well – You think I don't they want, do? Well, how good is Quinn Ewers going to be? Like, that's yeah. – be, Because Xavier Worthy um, – the transfer they got from, I believe, Wyoming, big. Their wide receivers are great. They've got Bijan. Um, they've recruited at uh, offensive line really well. Obviously, they're going to be young there. I know the t- the defense is going to be struggling, but like you've got the one of. I mean, yours recruiting ranking was like the number one quarterback, like ever. Like so. Yeah. So what do we? What do you have there? Like that. That's the biggest question for me is. He played with Ohio State, so he's not necessarily a true, true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, spring game, I'm not going to sa- associate too much uh, yeah. results with the spring game, but, like, he clearly is really talented and mm-hmm. seems like he's built for some kind of, like, the pressure that that's going to come with. So 
so much of it hinges on his performance, but he's not yes. going at it alone. But like USC, like defensively, they were kind of a mess and they have to figure things out. There's a lot of questions, but if it comes together, it could be pretty good. Yeah, I think a lot of things have to go right for it to be good for them. I, I don't know that they have the consistency yet. They haven't proven that. It's definitely a roller coaster. Um, Cause it also comes down to coaching as well. Like Zark hasn't yep. been perfect. So no. you, you hope that he learns from the things and mistakes that he's made um, and uses the players that he has to the best of their ability. Um, but I mean, all, I think they'll be solid and in the conversation. I don't know that they're winning the conference this year yet. So Texas, by the way, you've got ULM, then you have Alabama, which is going to be awesome. UTSA is a little spunky team. And then at Texas Tech, a team I like, West Virginia, and then Oklahoma. Um, That's not easy. Like there's some weird games in there that Mm -hmm. things could potentially spin sideways. Now, last year, they spun really sideways. So I suppose now that we've talked for like 15 minutes about the conference, we should talk about the conference champion, uh, which is Baylor. Yes. Um, you and I both love the Dave Aranda style. I mean, it's Zen-like. It's so different than anything we have in the sport, which is aggressive, in your face, yes. eating pieces of glass on the sideline. This is a yeah. dude that's just very comfortable in his style and is himself, and it's translated. I can't... I can't think of a football team that historically, stylistically, has done this big of a 180 yeah. this quickly. Because you had Art Bryles. Don't want to go into that. But you had them, like, they were a great offensive team. And that was their reputation, right? We're going to be mm-hmm. a great offensive team. We're going to score a billion points. He comes in. He's developing defensive players, like, into draft picks, high draft picks. And they were tough. Like, they just they just got good that quickly had a really crappy COVID shortened year and then boom, they explode. Like it's actually amazing the job that he's done. So where are we on Baylor? Because they've lost a lot defensively and yet they should still be pretty good again. Yeah. I think they win the conference again, just because, I mean, that's a safe bet because of sort of the style you're talking about and the consistency. There's no distractions. They've done this before. Like there's a lot of, very like reliable things you can bet on here as opposed to like an Oklahoma situation or um or a Texas situation. Texas should be in this boat now, but they aren't yes. yet. I think this year they could establish that. But I if I'm a betting woman, which I am, oh, I yes. would I would I would lean towards them them repeating as champions. I am absolutely I, – I love that they're playing at BYU week two. It's like a really sneaky, great week game, two yeah. game. Um, they play at Texas. They play at Oklahoma. They play at Texas Tech. Um, they play Oklahoma State, obviously. I I just think the the there's been so much change in the conference now. Like, not that Aranda's been around very long. Yeah. But you kind of know what you're getting. Like, that style – I mean, again, I'm just enamored with the job that he's done – there is something to be said on, you know, being able to bet on that. Now, their win total, by the way, is over seven and a half wins. But there's a caveat. You hear eight and a half for Texas, seven and a half. The uh, juice on that is minus 150 for the over. So people obviously are betting the over. Mm-hmm. Um, that BYU game becomes very interesting for that. Because yeah, you have, that 
you know, like that's that's pretty. You play at I, uh, Iowa State. You play at West Virginia. They, these those are tough places to play. Like that's, yeah. those are not easy games for a team that's actually going to have to manage success now. But I, I'm kind of with you. I love what they've done. Um, it's just offensively, can they get a little bit that's, more now? I right? was just like, going to say the big thing you're betting on with Baylor is that the de- defensively they're going to be good. And like I said, like the Big Twelve is known for offense and if you can stop those offenses and be consistent at doing that doesn't necessarily mean you don't need a good offense it just means that you can be a little lackluster in that area um what's the the saying defense wins championships i think that it's just like a safer bet to go with that based on everything else in everybody's arsenal but if offensively they're atrocious then yeah it's going to be hard and they could lose some of those closer games that they need to win I thought it was very interesting too, and then we'll move to a different team that uh, Randa named a starter in the spring, which was Blake Shape, and they had Jerry Bohinen, mm-hmm. Um and he was in the transfer portal after that. You don't normally do this, yeah. like where you name a starter in the spring. Yeah, I think we and, talked about that a little. Yeah, and and so it it felt a little out of well, he does everything his own way. Um, it's also pretty cool, by the way, if you you have a, you're a backup in Bohannon who's played a lot and has actually had some success that he could transfer, transfer, which felt like why they did that. So I'm with you. I, I They've got a great chance. So seven and a half, and I'll look at the conference championship odds here too. Hold on. God, I love betting on football. Whew. Can we do a little bit more behind the curtain? So you and I, before this, got off a call, which was strictly about betting Yes. on college football. I mean, is there anything better than betting on college football? I mean... So I think just... betting on sports. I also just to your point about like how we're so used to seeing um, like football guys be football guys. I watched Hard Knocks, the first episode of Hard Knocks last night, and yes. I've been watching the like All or Nothing documentary um, on Arsenal, the soccer team. Yes, and it's just so funny to like see like Dan Campbell's the extreme, obviously, of like a football guy. But, like, to see, like, an American football coach and then, like, a soccer manager, it's just the, like, demeanor, how they talk to their teams, the things they say are just so different and culturally different that it just kind of was – it's interesting to have a guy like Dave Miranda who's, like, so zen and chill. Um, it's probably not to the extreme of emotion um, and sensitivity that we get in um, soccer, but I think – uh, it's funny to see those like two extremes of like American football and then like soccer and oh my what God. the coaching yeah. is like. Yeah, he is a unicorn in every sense too because yeah. it's not. I mean, if you took him and Campbell side by side, I don't know if I could think of actually two opposite humans yes. in yes. the profession, and I mean that in a good way. It's yeah. good. It's it's different. But to most do... people are more like if you look at college football coaches as a whole, most of them are like Dan Campbell. Oh not, yeah, not to the extreme, but they're leaning more towards him than the Aranda style of things. So the other team that we want to talk about, I, I I'm excited to talk about is Oklahoma State. Um, one of my favorite caches of last year was in the bowl game against Notre Dame. They were down twenty-eight to three. They came back and won that game. It was a wonderful occasion. Many beers were had, and um, let's see how can I put this delicately. Mike Gundy has. Uh, is a polarizing football person now within the confines of CFB. He's no longer the I'm a man, I'm 40. Maybe he is to some people. He's got um, political opinions and other opinions in the way that he's expressed himself. 
every time I've talked to him, I've mentioned this. I've really enjoyed it. He seems just like a guy that loves his farm. And he's he's always presented himself in a way that he's just a really interesting guy. Yes. However, all the other Mike Gundyisms, whether it's the football stuff or the T-shirts he wears, have clouded the fact that he's a really good football coach. Yes. Like, the guy delivers. He's had a weird contract. He's had friction with T-Boone. Like, it's been a full-on, you know, Mike Gundy experience type of thing. So, with that, Oklahoma State, a couple of feet from making the playoff. Mm-hmm. lose Jim Knowles to Ohio State, who was so good for them as defensive coordinator. And they yep. were one of the best defenses. Uh, I think the Notre Dame performance kind of jumbled some of the stats, but they were a top five defense pretty much all year long. I like this team. I'm, I'm going to kind of get ahead of myself a little bit on some of my betting tidbits. I really like this team. Where are you on Oklahoma State? I think this is the perfect year for them to establish that they're the dominant force in the conference because you have Texas and Oklahoma leaving. And Oklahoma State has been a thorn in everybody's side in that conference for a while. I I really think that they they have a solid team. But, but. I feel like Oklahoma State always loses a game they should win. Sort of Pac-12-esque. And is, is good, but just has never been that top dog. Um, but this is the year I feel like they can flex their muscles. And to your point, I do think that he is an excellent head football coach, but yeah, some of that stuff gets distracting. Um, so people are looking at him. I, I think Spencer Sanders, who, um, in moments has been unbelievable. Like when he got hot against Notre Dame, it was like, Oh my God, this is like one of the best quarterbacks in the sport. That's if you're going to bet on Oklahoma state this year, which I am, that's who you're going to bet Shocking. on. Yeah. Um, that's who you're going to bet on because he he's looked re- he's been there for like 19 years. Um, they lost some defensively. It's a really experienced group though. A lot of seniors, a lot of juniors. I just think they're tough. I think they're a really tough team. I was just you know you look at the schedule last year. You look at their performance. They had two losses. They lost at Iowa State. I bet Iowa State by the way. No big deal. 24-21. It was a great game, and they lost to Baylor. Uh, 21-16 in an epic. That's it. Beat up Kansas State. Beat Boise State. I remember a lot of a game a lot of people beat Oklahoma. Um, it, it was a really game team. So, yes, if this is going to come true, I think they got to make a lot of plays. Obviously, they've got new faces on offense and, you know, um, and new faces on defense. But I, I like this team quite a bit. So, so we th- this is the problem, though. Yeah, yes, this is the problem, though, because – you could make a very compelling case. We'll talk about the odds in a sec for um, a lot of these teams. So there's not a lot differentiating them. But the team that we need to talk about, Kansas football. Yes. Now, you have not seen this, I assume. What do you believe that Kansas's win total is for the 2022 football season? One and a half? Two and a half. Okay. So... We can't just fully just com- completely shit on Kansas. Um, I mean, well, go ahead if you want to. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to go. Like, but, but when you Google Kansas football, by the way, um, and I did this <laughs> earlier, you got to get through a lot of basketball to get to the football stuff. Like, yeah. it's it's not great. Depending it's not a great site. Um, so they yeah. play Tennessee Tech, the Golden Eagles in week one. That's a dub. <laughs> Okay, they play West Virginia week two. No, Houston, no. Oh, West uh, uh, Duke, 
Maybe. Iowa State. Talk no. about really funny that Duke and Kansas. I didn't know that Duke and Kansas were playing each other. In yes. Football. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Can I the say a nice thing? The basketball bowl. The basketball bowl. What? Oh, I'm betting on that game. That's gonna be fun. That is like the shit football game of the week. So. I like uh, Lance P- Leopold, their coach. I, I think is actually they were so much more competitive last year, right? Can we say some nice things about Kansas? Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Texas, right? right. Are we not going to say nice things about we Kansas? Can say, we can say nice things. I just don't think the the nice things continue. Well, here's the here's what I'm going to say. Kansas football fans don't continue for basketball. All right, fans, they will. So it got rough during the middle of the year, real bad. They actually remember when they were beating Oklahoma? Like that yes, was unbelievable. Yes. And then the end of the year, they beat Kansas 57 to 56 in overtime, which is just amazing. At Texas, they beat Texas. They beat, or they lost to TCU, excuse me, 31 28 at TCU. And they lost to West Virginia 34 28. Now, two wins they had last year. I'm not going to say Kansas is back. This guy is a really good coach. I like the over for Kansas this year. I I really like, I, I like the over. So, what is the juice on this two and a half? Yeah. I... Minus 135 over. Everyone's pounding Kansas. It's the wow. best bet of the year. Um, yeah, I'm taking the under. All right. I'm going to be like, that. that's free money. So, let's, okay. let's make a bet where I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Well, well, Oklahoma State to win the conference is plus 550, so some odds. Uh, Oklahoma's plus 200. Texas is plus 280. find that pretty fascinating. Yeah. Oklahoma State plus 550. Baylor plus 650. Down the ways we go, TCU plus 1,200. Kansas State is kind of interesting at plus 1,200. That, our guy Deuce, the running, our, our favorite, one of our favorite tiny running backs. We talk about large linemen. We also like the smaller backs. Deuce is going to be great Bowling for them. Bowling ball running backs. Bowling ball running backs. And then Kansas is plus, uh, well, 250 to one, essentially, if you're want to, if you into that sort of thing. So I like Oklahoma State to win the conference. Where go? Where do you go with your bet? <laughs> where goes you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, college football betting, Yoda. <laughs> I mean, do I do the reveal now? All right. This is a neon bear hug. Um, it is only 7% alcohol. Uh, just because I can't speak doesn't mean I'm intoxicated. I want that very important disclaimer on the pod. Right. There are some instances where that may not be factually true. Where I goes with the Big 12 conference God damn it. is Baylor. Okay. Give me Baylor. I, I, don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, you uh, said it was, what was plus six fifty. Yeah, plus like six fifty. That's good value, actually. Honestly, that's, great that's good value. So, uh, alcohol. We got to. Re- I remembered. I looked. So, um, I'll go first. Yes, because I need to think on this. I didn't think about it. I will. I will have an answer. This so, is my moonshine conference. This is the conference okay. that, you know, if you're, is it the best drink you've ever had? God no. Oh, God, no. I'm going to go somewhere else for elite drinks. But if I want to have a weird-ass night and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, I'm going to go right to essentially grain alcohol, and I'm going to drink that. I can light it on fire. I can do a lot of things with this, which is fitting with, of course, the West Virginia ties uh, of couch burning. I really like this conference in ways that I don't know exactly what's going to happen. 
Is it going to be poor decisions that are made? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some very poor decisions made in this conference. I think there already has been. So, and that said, I, I, I like it even more. So Moonshine is my big 12 comparison, which is, of course, the extreme of the extreme when it comes to alcohol. Yeah. I'm going to go with the margarita because mm-hmm. tequila is, like I mentioned before, I feel like the big 12 is very chaotic energy. Like if I had to give it a, this feels like chaotic energy, it would be the big 12. And I feel like margaritas are chaotic energy. Like you can yes. go out to have margaritas with your friends and you end up going to another place and having more drinks because tequila will do that to you. So yes. it could be a happy hour margaritas with the girls, but you end up out dancing and losing your earring and not knowing where your phone is the next day. So perfect. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to go with a margarita or the big 12. Uh, I want a margarita now, honestly, I haven't had a good margarita in a while since the incident of the the great can (laughs) incident of 2021. Uh, Yes, margarine in a can, a little bit different for me. Little, yeah. Hit home a little bit faster. So <laughs> um, you will be very proud of me. I did watch the first episode of... Drive to Survive? Yes, I liked it a lot. Um, I'm in. I'm not fully invested emotionally yet, but I did watch. I am in awe of just the filming of this and yes. the way it was captured. I kept thinking, how many cameras did it take? Um it's just incredible when you look at the spectacle, not just of the races, but the spectacle of the dock, if that makes sense. It's like, it's, yes. I'm just in awe of what it would take to produce something like that. It took me honestly, like the full episode just to get past like, oh my God, how would I ever start something like this? Yes. So um, I have started it and I am liking okay. it very much. I We decided after I think our last episode that at the end of each podcast, we're going to have a new segment that is random stuff that we would like to talk about because shocker to everybody. We like to talk about things other than college football, Um, but we're going to give it a space at the end of each episode. Um, So if you're here just for college football content, stick around for the the chaotic, actually the chaotic energy at the end of this, the big 12 energy at the end of this. Um, And we'll talk about things that we like, like formula one golf, baseball, random bets that we're making. I also started watching um, the um, Arsenal documentary, like I, uh, or docu-series, yes. like I mentioned. Um, and I'm I'm picking a Premier League team. I'm in the process of deciding which one. I believe I'm going to go with Arsenal, which apparently is like a really terrible choice in terms of like emotional level. But like I'm already an A's fan. I already root for Ferrari in F1. And if you know anything about F1, you know that that's also can be very difficult at times. Um, I'm curious to see who you like in the documentary. Like, we're definitely going to recap this yes, as you go. I, I do you am, have any, I'm like, a, do you have any, like, favorites, favorite uh, drivers as of now or people? No, it was too early. It was so much just learning the ins and outs in the team. Yes. And teams, excuse me. And just, like. Learning I'm, the sport, too. I'm trying to hold all. Yes, learning the sport. Because I, I, I'll be honest, I know very little about just motorsports as a whole. So Yeah. I will give an updated bulletin board of like my um, who is leading uh, mm-hmm. my my fandom. Not that yes. it's very important in that sport for for anyone. They'll care, I'm sure, immensely who I'm going to no, root they, for. But they do. I care. I personally care. But I um no, I like it. I mean, again, it's one of the best just pieces of media, uh, like ever put together. You can just tell by yeah. watching one episode. 
Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I mean we br- I briefly talked about this last week that um, watching documentaries and sort of learning about sports sort of reinvigorates your love of sports when you work for sure fo- and focus on one sport so often. Um, kind of diving in and being like a newbie yeah. to some sports is really exciting and really fun. And I remember. Like, I didn't grow up watching college football. Like, I did here and there occasionally, but I was not, like, an Alabama fan for life and, like, growing up, going to games, all that. I grew up in the in on the West Coast. It's not as big as it is in the South and, and in Big Ten territory. So I really fell in love with the sport working it, and I think now I'm, like, falling in love with, like, other sports based on – and, like, the gateway to get anyone really into these sports and to learn about it and to, like – get a lot of knowledge on it are the documentaries of like behind the scenes stuff and how it all operates and how it works. Um, but I find it all very fascinating, but I think it's interesting because there's such a conversation amongst formula one fans. There's a lot of like shade to people who have discovered the sport because of, um, drive to survive because it's like, Oh, it's so dramatized. Oh, it's so this. And people are addicted to the drama, not the driving, all this. It's like, yeah, maybe that's the reason people find it. But, like, the obsession, like, I didn't care about cars at all. And now, like, I find myself, like, looking to see what kind of car. Like, if I see a cool car, sure. I'm like, what car is that? Is that a, like, you know what I mean? Like, I saw a McLaren the other day, and you would have thought it was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life because I was so excited. So it's, like, it does get you into that. But it also just, this is my rant for the day. is like, it just bothers me that people, like, almost are trying to, like, gatekeep their sport. Like, it's, like, basically saying that, like, your wife's first boyfriend is like more of a fan and loves her more because he met her first and dated her first as opposed to the person that like came into it later into her life. You know what I mean? Like yes, it's just I such do. a weird concept people that like people are, are like, like that. I've been in I've been a fan since birth. Like people hate the bandwagon. You, UFC like, as I got into UFC, UFC fans cuz UFC thrived during COVID. Yeah. went through the same thing. Really? Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah, so, for sure. But it's so wild to me that that happens in sports specifically because it, we don't do it in anything else really in life. It's no. like we just become like I've been a sports fan for this long and I've been around and that makes me a better fan than you and because you like it this I'm like For sure. Can we all just agree that like we love sports and like however you find it, however you are a fan of it, like it's just awesome that we have that. Can I real quick talk about my um so you know my sports teams are the new um, Oh yes. Well, Jesus Christ. It's Iowa, of course. It's the Jets and it's the New York Mets. Mm-hmm. The Mets actually might be good. Right. Uh, I'm saying that by the time someone listens to this, they'll have like, you know, <laughs> done something horrible. And that's my struggle, Paige. I don't know how to take success as a fan because my teams have embarrassed me my entire life. I'm enjoying this Mets season more than I've enjoyed any sports season. They're fun. They're well coached. They've got, I mean, they've got really good players. The owner is like spent, like all the ingredients are here. Mm-hmm. But I know because it's sports and it's the Mets and it's me, I'm probably going to get my heart broken. Yeah. And so I'm trying to understand how much, like, to be confident, which I can't be. Um, I'm struggling with this, and I'm not going to know until the end. They're going to make the playoffs. That they they'll probably win the division. Although the Braves are really good. Phillies are playing great. So I'm, this is it. In the back of my mind, I can't embrace them as being good because, because so I'm a loser. Them. I am a loser <laughs> at my core. So I'm really struggling with how to appreciate <laughs> the Mets. I'm a loser. 
I, yeah, that, I'm not saying yes to you being a loser. I'm saying yes, I understand the Fair. situation that you're in. Because um, I believe you're a winner, Kramer. Thank you uh, so a, much. A gambling winner. <laughs> That's about it. Sometimes. Yeah. We'll see. I, Depends. I, so it, it's just, it, it's fun. No, but I, I've really enjoyed that. Um, and it will be fun throughout the football season even to track as we get into September and even into the postseason. I want a, I want a postseason run. It's been a while. Um, so, okay, with that, week zero, we have one more podcast that we have zero, that there, there will be no football games. We'll, we're going to talk Big Ten. Very excited about that. But there will be no games. We have one more, and then it's the season. How did, how? How did it happen? So Big Ten is going to be a very interesting alcohol take. That's going to be a challenge. Ooh. I'm going to have to think about that one. Me too. Um, but week zero approaches, and I, I couldn't be more excited. So before we head out of here, any parting shots? No, but if anyone wants us to talk about, if they have things that they want us to talk about that can fit in our ending segment here of just random, random shit. things that we want to discuss, if you want us to discuss it, let us know. Sliding I'm Kramer's all for DMs. It. Slide it, please. Yeah, they're open. Which, <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm, I'm just looking at this. So I don't my know locks what made you. I love uh, how sliding in DMs was my guy. Well, oh, all right, wait, all right, wait, wait, wait. I got no, no, yeah, I got I to correct myself there. I'm <laughs> different, but ble- so I have my locks of the week for the Heisman. Yes. And Bleacher Report um, just posted it, like, on the main college football account. And this is where the mentions start to get great. Like... Like, they get rough out there. The week-to-week mentions of people assessing my gambling picks. You know this, page. I am a contrarian, so a lot of my picks look incredibly dumb. Some of them are very dumb, but a lot of them are like, you know, a team catching points at home against a ranked team that has been bad. Yeah. So normally, I the, the mentions right now, the replies seem tame. People are still coming out of their off-season slumber. As we get a little deeper into this, it's not going to be tame. So I'm... Oh. I've got to get back into accepting uh, user feedback uh, quickly. So, got to get that uh, thick skin. That's why we I do will. what we do. It's, it's why we do what we do. With that, on to the Big Ten. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.